Geekish Cast Episode 41, The Secret Origin of a Blues Band, with your host Jeremy. Geekish Cast. Uh, this is our third visit with Earl Matthews from Big Earl McCrying Shame. How you doing there, Earl? Hello. Hey, so uh, we left off talking about uh, Modesto area bands. Yes. And, um, you know, kind of the bands that you were influenced by that were semi-local as you were younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, oh, you know what, I did forget to ask you. If you were to name your biggest influence, your number one musical inspiration, who would you say? Oh, And wow. I know it's not an easy one, but... Well, I mean... My mom, I think it was like her life's goal that I'd be a Beatles fan. Okay. So, I mean, from, you know, from birth, basically, I listened to the Beatles. And so I would have to say they're they're probably my first favorite band. Um, it, I guess as a musician, the, 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 you know, there's so many amazing people out there. Um, but probably the person who I look up to the most, um, would be Taj Mahal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I like him so much. I love, I love his voice. I love his, his style and I I love his, uh, confidence and his, the fun he has while he plays music. Like, I feel like whether he's, you know, playing something happy or sad or, telling a story or whatever, there's just always an element of fun, a fun vibe to him. And you feel like he could laugh at any moment. And I love that. Um, plus he doesn't just play blues. He never has just played blues. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, in interviews and stuff, he never lets people, you know, get away with calling him a blues artist. He's an artist who plays blues and, Whatever blues. else he feels like. Yeah, blues is just one of the things he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, do you consider yourself a blues musician or just a musician? You know what? I've always thought of myself as a blues singer. I I feel like I whatever I do, I bring some of that to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I love to sing in lots of different styles. So I I mean, yeah, it's funny. It's funny to to articulate that and and it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense but i think of myself as a blues singer uh but you are interested in other kinds of music and you do enjoy performing i write i write other styles of music i write country songs and i write folk songs and i was gonna say because i think the very first time i saw you play it was more americana style i believe yeah 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 and so probably I've probably honestly seen you play more Americana than blues personally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's just because I can't get you guys to play Whipping Post. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's there's certain songs. Oh, there's always going to be certain ones. The guys are just like, we can't we can't do that unless someone's giving us a hundred dollars. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. What do you call the what's the what's the one the cliche. 
Mustang Sally. Oh, yeah. You know, people request that at every bar show we ever do. It's like, all right, we'll, we'll hit the tip jar. Yeah, was, yeah you hit, see the, hit it hard. You see that tip jar over there? Um, <laughs> so I can sing the shit out of that song, but I don't want to. A friend of mine <laughs> got it, knows a guy who did a concert promotion up in Chico. Oh, yeah. And they got Motorhead to come play a tiny fucking bar up there. Oh. And basically, they like they got there, like they paid them. But they told him the venue was a lot bigger than it was. So apparently, and this is apocryphal, but I love the story. So apparently Lemmy, when he gets the mic, goes, we're playing Ace of Spades once. Do you want it now, or should I hold on to it for a bit? We're playing it once. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Because that's all any of you motherfuckers know. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know how true the story is, but I always loved it. Yeah. Dude, I've I've been to Chico one time and I have I in my life never witnessed that level of debauchery. It's kinda like an ancient Roman city in a lot of ways. It was a Monday night. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw people walking a pair of people walking, leaning shoulder to shoulder toward each other so that they could stay upright. Well one of them yeah. They just follow the guy in the center. Yeah, because they're all, they're all seeing like nine of the person ahead of them. Yeah, I was amazed. Yeah. And I lived in a party town. I lived in Arcata for 10 years, you oh, know, wow, right wow. Out, either in or right outside of Arcata for 10 years. So I know some party, and I've been around the colleges, but that place is... Oh, yeah. Well, I've got, we, I've got a couple friends. My wife and I have a couple friends that moved up there for college, and then one stayed. Yeah. And so I've, I've only gone a handful of times, but occasionally... We'll float the idea going up to visit. I'm like, no, nah. <laughs> it's no, nah, I can't fucking. Like hang. How how strong do my kidneys feel yeah. and my liver? Yeah, I can't hang. So, um, when did you when did you first get into singing? Realize that you not only like to sing but could fucking sing. Well, I was a summer camp counselor at uh, Camp Jack Hazard, which is uh, was a Y camp. Now it's uh, back into a. Uh, it's being run by the Jack and Buena Vista Foundation, still running almost or over 90 years, 92 years this year. Um, and um, I was going up there and working with kids and, you know, campfires and stuff. Oh, sure. And uh, after a while, I was invited to lead or help lead songs. So I knew I had a strong voice and I knew, you know, when you're singing with a lot, a lot of other people, you know, 70 other people at a time, you, you know, you kind of go, oh, wow. I can be heard over these people. <laughs> like So you could really project that voices level. And yeah. I, could, I could put it out. And I knew I loved it. Like, I really enjoyed it. And then started getting a little attention from mm-hmm. the people for, you know, doing a good job on this song or that song. Okay. So it also it was a bit of an ego stroke or a validation. Well, like, yeah. I, so it, you knew you were the good. combination. Yeah. So it's you, the you enjoy it. Yep. Oh, that's what I was going to say. You knew you were good at it, or you were understanding or beginning to understand that you're good at it. It's like anything. Everybody wants to do the thing they're good at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody does. And the neat thing about art, when when other people recognize your art, it's such a win-win. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you find something that you enjoy doing, but it makes other people happy, too, and well, it's it's probably no better feeling than addicting. that. Addicting. Yeah. It's very addicting. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, there's yeah. probably also a little bit of a dopamine it took, rush. It took me six years to get from that to being in a band. So um, about how old were you, roughly? 
So that would have been 18, 19. Okay, so I was you're a young man. Yeah, yeah, I was still a teenager. And then I shortly, like right after that, uh, just before my 21st birthday, I moved up to Arcata mm-hmm. in Humboldt County. And, um, you know, just I wasn't going to school or anything. I just I worked two jobs and partied and did art. You know, I did uh, wire sculpture. I learned how to blow glass. I started blowing glass for a living. I, you know, just basically worked and did creative projects and went and partied and saw music. And that's kind of cool. Went out to see live. So you have other artistic interests besides music then? Oh, yeah. I started, um, I used to do macrame and make money doing jewelry. And then I taught. Uh, classes in macrame and then well, you gotta um, be from a town that has a lot of fucking pot in it to make a living doing macrame huh? I did that here in Modesto really well, there's a lot back of fucking in pot. 1996 there's a lot of fucking pot in Modesto too. there is yeah and, uh, and then I I learned to do pottery and I got pretty good at that and then uh, when I moved up north um I started learning how to blow glass okay. and so yeah so very creative um, but I hurt my arm at work and um, so messed with it. Well, I also did wire sculpture for like 15 years. Oh wow! So I can I'm pretty good at doing like telephone wire and copper wire sculpture. Um, uh, and then I just you know being such a music fan, I was going to shows all the time, and I met I had friends who were in local bands, and I had a particular friend Johnny who was in this really great instrumental jazz uh, fusion band. Mm -hmm. And so they would play house parties and bars and stuff, and I would go and dance all night. Okay. Just great horn section, you know. And and at the end of the night, we would always talk about blues. So we both liked blues. So you'd keep coming back to blues. Yeah. And when that band broke up, he said, hey, we should uh, start a band. And I was like, you've never heard me sing. And he's like, yeah, but I know you like to sing because you've told me you like to sing and you have a nice voice, you know, even though I haven't heard you sing. He's like, I like your voice. So as long as you can halfway carry a tune, let's give it a shot, you know. And so we played together for five years and that's where the first version of Bear on the Crying Shame started. So that was actually founded up in Arcata then? Yeah, originally. Okay. Yeah, from, from 2000 to... Or 2000, it was right before actually 9-11, like the 9-11, um, 2001. Yeah. And then I moved here at the end of 2006. I moved back home. Okay. So yeah. you, you actually got back to Modesto right at the same time we did. We moved back in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was Thanksgiving 2006. So, so you were gone about the same period of time we were. Just shy of 10 years. Yeah. And so how much of a culture shock was it for you when you moved back to Modesto and realized that you don't bump into people you know on the street anymore? Oh, you know I, what I mean? There were so many Bay Area people here at that point. I, you know, I totally was running into people I knew oh, all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, you got to understand uh, that um, I am, I'm a very visible guy. You know what I mean? I'm six no. and a half feet tall and people just, I, you know. You do I, stand out in a crowd. I am very recognizable. Yeah. And your voice carries, I'm sure you can hear yeah. you talking in a room from 15 feet away without a problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I lived up north, it was a, neat, a really small town, you know, 16,000 people. So I couldn't walk a block without people saying hello. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it 
didn't take long for me to. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was the thing when I moved back. Because when we moved away, I couldn't go anywhere without running into people I knew. Yeah. When we moved back, I think we were in town for six months before I just randomly ran into somebody I knew. Oh. And, of course, I owed him money from when I was a kid, and as I hid in the car. It was <laughs> but you it's know how that awkward goes. Awkward as it could possibly yeah. be. Yeah. You're like, are you Jeremy? I'm like, uh, is this Jeremy guy who you money? He's like, yeah. And no, I'm not him. Oh. Never somebody met him before. Else. All right, cool. So, um, My name's Laramie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody would buy it, but I'd try it. If I had to. <laughs> So you end up back in Modesto, and now did you bring bandmates with you? No. Okay. No, I um, my my old guitar player had uh, married his uh, college sweetheart. They both got music teaching credentials. And oh, okay. Music degrees, and they moved up to Oregon, and uh, they have a fantastic band actually. Um. um oh. Am I spacing it out right now? I just played with them last year. Um, at any rate, I'll get well, back uh, to that. When you remember it or yeah. whatever, say it, but we'll find a yeah. link. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I, I, my brain's just not working. I have that problem all the time, ever uh, since I turned 40. So, yeah, no, the band, I, I moved down here, and I didn't know any musicians at all, really. So what I did was, I, I don't know if anybody in the audience is familiar with blues jams but it's kind of a regular thing with blues that they have you know blues is a very standardized form of music Mm -hmm. you know there's shuffle there's swing there's slow blues it's 12 bar mostly you know there's plenty of variations out there but for the most part um, that's all right i turned all the volumes off just throw five bucks in the jar you're fine so uh melissa ruth band Melissa Ruth Band. The Melissa Ruth Band. We've played shows together. Every time she comes through on tour, I try and make sure that we do something. They're awesome. You guys should look them up. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, so I there was, at the time, there's not any more, but at the time there was three blues jams a week going on in Modesto. Oh, wow. And so I just started going, and basically you just write your name down on a clipboard, and they... You know, you get up and you do two or three songs, and then you get down and Rotate the, next, with somebody else. the next person goes up, and and uh, usually they'll have like a house band. So if there's not enough drummers, the house drummer will sit in. It's it's really fun, and um, there there's still a couple going on in the area, but not like it used to be. And so I just started going, and um, you know, introducing myself every time I'd meet somebody who was really good, or see somebody who I really liked, I would talk to him. And I started talking to this bass player named Chip Yeager, and uh, and then um, he was interested, and he was not playing with anybody at the time. And um, he one day we were talking, and he's like, "So, who do you think about for guitar?" And there was this guitar player up on stage named Jason Finley, and I said, "Well, I think we should get that guy right there because he was really smoking." And um, he goes, yeah, no kidding. I used to be, we were in the same band. So he already knew him. And he's like, I love Jason. Let's try and make that happen. And then, you know, we ended up uh, going through a couple different drummers and, you know, back and forth. And then eventually uh, within six or eight months, we added Eli on guitar, who's a friend of Jason's. And then, uh, you know, 
Eli's old uh, drummer from his previous band, Ian, started playing with us. And then uh, Chip left the band, and so we got Eli's old bass player, Randy. And now it's been, you know, it's been a bunch of years. It's been almost nine years in that's, April. <laughs> that's pretty good right there, yeah. So, yeah, so Jason and I, you know, we, we've... You know, we're the two that were there from the beginning of the reboot of Bigger on the Crying Shame. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let's stop here. Okay. Um, And, again, people want to find you on the interwebs. They can go to. They can look us up on YouTube or on, uh, well, we're on YouTube or Facebook as Bigger on the Crying Shame. And then if you want to contact me, you can contact me at biggerl at gmail.com. Okay, and we can be found at geekishcast.com on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash geekishcast, and I tweet from at the geekishcast. Have a good night.